church bar. It's so good to see you all. Welcome on this glorious Sunday morning. Uh, we are coming to you, Dan and Fee, from our own back garden. These are back garden sessions. And uh, church, we just want to say we love you, we miss you, and what a strange time uh, we are in right now. Uh, did you just take your mask off? <laughs> uh, Fee wears that in, uh, in uh, stores everywhere she goes because she wants to see people smile and see people smile back at her. But uh, church, we love you and we're just uh, so uh, thankful uh, to the Lord of what he is doing uh, with his church across the world. This is a, an hour for the people of God to arise. Yep. The Bible says that all creation is waiting with eager, with eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. And that's us, that's the church. If there's a stirring happening going on and we just wanna say it's a privilege and a joy to speak to you today on this mini series um, called I Choose Joy. And we wanna talk about joy today. What does joy mean? But before I do, I, we start, he's gonna kick us off in a moment. I just want us to say thank you thank to you. you all as a church for just being the godly, awesome people that you are, are yes. and you really, they really are. Yes. You just, I, I just, awesome. we're so blessed by seeing uh, the standard and the quality of what you're putting out as far as production. We feel so privileged to be a part of such an amazing eldership yes. uh, that is leading you, and for the staff and the team, and you, you're just absolutely killing it out there. And by the way, I, I'm, that's a good thing, killing it. Uh, smashing it you're, you're just doing great so um thank you also just for those who are writing letters and yeah. cards to thank us we just got one in the mail yesterday and just thank you it just means so much we we miss you we can't wait to see you all as soon as borders are open and we're yeah. able to fly and and um so let's kick off father we thank you so thank much you, for lord. this morning we thank you for this great sunday and lord as we just gather together looking at a screen we thank you that we are really joined together in the spirit and although right now we can't meet in in person we can't meet in the flesh lord we are joined together with the bond of peace we're joined together by the spirit and holy ghost I ask that you would you would speak to us today through your word you would provoke us and in it we would grow up into you yes. more and more in jesus name yeah. Amen. Fee, tell us about joy. What's yeah. God saying to you about well, joy? Well, I just want to say, I'm, first of all, I'm just loving seeing all the social media and photos, yeah. video that you guys are all posting, whether it be new babies, which I can't wait to meet Poppy. in person, and the Skinner baby, and lots of babies, and probably lots more brewing during this time. <laughs> and, and, uh, and Eden's about to arrive. Yeah, right? Yes! Can't wait to see all those babies. And also just all the love and kindness you guys are displaying and looking after each other so well. Yeah. And music in the streets. I saw um, the Michets performing outside their house with a bunch of street musicians. It's lovely. And yeah. you guys are just caring for each other so well so well done during yeah. this time it's a real testimony and um I, we are also just loving the song that's just come out yeah. with andy and the wow. team there take heart mm -hmm. we have spread it already everywhere we can and just absolutely love it it's another yeah. heavenly prescription isn't it for the time we're living in and i just want to start there with that psalm that says it's psalm 31 24 and it says be strong and take heart all you who hope in the lord the amplified version says be strong and let your heart take courage yeah. and all you who wait for and hope for and expect the lord you have to take heart and take courage take hold of it and, yeah. and don't let go and um 
which leads me to what I was feeling this week yeah. and um, something happened to me that I I felt discouraged temporarily and the Lord took me through some things and um, I just want to read from Joshua 1 verse 9 to you which is so familiar it says Joshua 1 verse 9 says have I not commanded you to yeah. be strong vigorous yeah. and very courageous do yeah. not be afraid yeah. neither be dismayed or discouraged for yeah. the Lord your God is with you wherever you go wherever you go and Deuteronomy the other verse I had was 31 verse 8 that says it is the Lord who goes before you. He will march with you. He will not fail you or let you go or forsake you. Let there be no cowardice or flinching, but fear not. Neither become broken in spirit, depressed, dismayed, and unnerved with alarm. Um, the word discouragement, I looked it up, and um, some of the words that it said, is, it's a loss of confidence and enthusiasm, dispiritedness. Wow downheartedness, yeah. dejection, yeah. depression, demoralization, yeah. disappointment, despondency, I've mentioned that word before, hopelessness, yeah. pessimism, despair, gloom, mm -hmm. low spirits, another word linked in there is foreboding, mm. a feeling that something bad will happen, mm. all of these things are not rooted in hope and they're not rooted in joy and this That's week right. when something happened to me personally that I had been trusting God for, I could hear discouragement knocking at the door of my heart yeah. and I've learnt over the years to not to not answer. not answer <laughs> yes and when discouragement comes there's three things that I've learnt to do number one is I stop it there I yeah. don't open the door or the That's gate right. of my heart to it yeah. Amen. Um, because I don't want to partner with that and then number two um, well when you stop it there it's like any kind of negativity and all the stuff that we've been bar we are being bombarded with yeah. and the word says take every thought captive yeah. that rages against the knowledge of God and, yeah. and all the rubbish that we have to filter through just take it captive so and good. resist it resist the devil and he will flee from you Don't draw near him. to God and he will draw near to you Num and then I, st I don't partner with it and then number two I <clears throat> I remember what God has said to me. Yeah. Now all of us can have the whole Bible for biblical promise, what he said to us, but we've also got personal promises that he said to us, haven't we? And for me, I go back and remember what has God said. Yeah. And um, the ultimate promise is in Philippians 1, isn't it, where it says that the work that he's begun in you and me, he will continue See. and bring it to full completion till the day of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then number three, I take it to God in prayer and I put him in remembrance of his word. Amen. You know, there's so much so in the Bible good. about remembering and I think just because we forget and we, we, we're absent-minded, but the Lord's so kind to we just are. remember, remember, and then put me in remembrance of what I've said to you. Not because he forgets, but I think it does us good. It reminds us again, yes, Lord, thank you for what you've promised. I trust you and believe you. Mm. And it says, it put me in remembrance of my word. <laughs> Here it comes the wind. Um, it's with me today. <laughs> we're going to keep going because it's fun. Um, and, you know, he says, put me in remembrance of my word. And he also says in Jeremiah, because I'm watching over my word to perform it. Yeah. And, of course, we know in Isaiah 55 it says, and the word of God will not return to him void right. without having done what it says Amen. it will do. It will accomplish whatever it says yes. it will do. Yeah. Because, you know, he's faithful. Yeah. So I just want to share that because as Dan so shares good. with about this, what about joy about living in joy enemies to joy is discouragement disappointment Amen. and in delay and in the waiting sometimes it's hard to really 
keep going. Yeah. But um, this week, when something happened to me, I, I went through all of these three things. I stopped it. I thought, nope, I'm not having this. Lord, I remember no. what you said to me. And I took it to the God in prayer. And I was out walking Cyrus, our dog. And it just, it had just you rained. You might see him in the background. It just rained quite heavily. We've had a lot of rain here. And I looked up and I was just struck by a double rainbow, yeah. really clear, beautiful double rainbow. And I felt the presence of God and God then spoke mm. three things to me. He just said, I've got this, I've got you and I've got them. I don't need to go into any details, but I hope that might encourage you. I've got this. He does. I've got you and I've got them. Mm. And, uh, and then I, he took me back to when my twin boys, Isaac and Judah were born. Mm. And I was recovering, staying at, in a, an apartment in Loughborough with Dan was out painting a house and his parents were somewhere else and I was kind of just grappling being a new mum or a mum zombie we call it a mumbie over here and I was like really uh, and I got out for my first walk on my own after having the twins and it rained and they saw a double rainbow and God spoke to me really clearly wow. about their life about double blessing double honor double favor double 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 yeah. So now, 17, nearly 18 years later, he's still promising me stuff, and uh, he's promising you stuff. So I just wanted to say that to you. So I know you guys are doing amazing. You're making the best out of a bad situation, and uh, but I know there are some amongst us who are struggling with various things, and do not be discouraged. When the Bible says, behold, I've commanded you, be strong and courageous, Remember, it's not just a suggestion, it's a command. Wow. Which, in other words, means if God's commanding us to do something, we are capable of doing it. We can do yeah. all things through Christ Very who strengthens good. us. So, you know, be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. Don't partner with it. Don't be discouraged. He is faithful to his promise. Remember what he said and put him in remembrance of his word. So I just want to share that with you. Love you very, very much. I can't wait to see you all again. We can't again. wait to see you all. Oh, but it's, it's, as you know, the, the overriding theme for us as a, as a group of churches, of life churches, this year is from Second Peter chapter 3, as you all know. In light of all these things, what kind of people ought we to be? And how applicable is that this year? How prophetic did that turn out to be? Um, and it's a question that I believe we are answering this year. We are answering the question, what kind of people? And I, I love this mini theme that the elders in Bath have come up with, I choose joy. Because I believe joy is one of the answers to that question. The kind of people that God wants us to be in this hour is a people of joy. joy. Yeah. And you know, there's a, and it, so often when you think of the word joy, you might be thinking right now, well, this isn't time to just be happy, clappy, and terrible things are happening around the world, and I'm sick of people being happy, and I'm sick of the, don't you, are you ignorant? And, and I think um, it deserves perhaps a little uh, digging to look at what does joy actually mean? And I know with the elders and the teachers and the leaders that you've got are gonna be sharing on this subject, this is a vast subject and one that, as we dig into it, it's going to continue to unfold. But two of the words, the key words for the word joy, the root words are the word calm and the word delight. Mm -hmm. Calm, delight. So um, we're going to turn, my, my, I'm going to look at different scriptures today, but the, ones, the one that I've really given them as assignment is uh, James chapter 1 and 1 Thessalonians 5. And so we're going to dig in those together. And we're going to look at what does... Um, what are the hallmarks? What is the fruit of living in joy? But first of all, what does joy mean? Calm, delight. Happiness 
comes from happenings, but joy comes from within. So the kingdom of God, Paul, Paul says in Romans chapter 14, is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's joy in the Holy Spirit. A third of the kingdom is joy. And so uh, we want to talk about that. What is it to mean to have this calm delight? Not just happiness. Happiness comes from happenings, but joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. And I want you to turn to James chapter one. James was written to a book, uh, a bunch of uh, new believers. It was a letter. It was a book that was written to people who are new in their faith. And the reason I love that, not because you're new in your faith, but because it's so simple. If you read James, it's such practical, bite-sized teaching. And he says this, he opens up in the letter, consider it pure joy. Another translation says, count it, which is an accounting term to actually, when you stack it all up, when you count up all these things, consider them, count them, pure joy, what, when? When you face trials of many kinds, what an applicable word for us right now. We are facing trials of many different kinds, multiple challenges, challenges with our boss at work. I wish I didn't have this boss. Challenges with, I just wish I didn't have a boss. Challenges with our children, not challenges with our spouse, of course, but, 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 but challenges all around us. There are so many challenges. And how do we face these trials? And, put, and James says, with pure joy. And then he says this, because you know. So he answers the question, because you know. Why do you consider pure joy? Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and perseverance must, everybody say must. must. It must finish its work. Why? So that you can become mature. Wow. So here it is, church. Joy, trials. See, Paul, James is saying, consider it pure joy when you face all of these trials, multiple faceted trials, whatever they may be, of many different kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and perseverance must finish work. Why? So that we can become mature. But the word mature means to be fully grown. So joy ends in maturity. Consider it pure joy, because you know it will end in maturity and as i said earlier um paul says in one of his letters in romans all creation is waiting for us the church sons and daughters not slaves and sinners to be fully grown because creation is waiting for us and what an hour in history that we can that we can be god's people right now and i know that can be so difficult when we're practicing social distancing that's why he wears that mask to make people smile when she bumps into them in the street but um but, but church, I, there's something deep that I believe that God is trying to create this sense of calm, delight on the inside. Uh, I don't know if you have, some of you have air conditioning. It may not get hot enough to need it. But sometimes here it gets so hot that we just turned our air conditioners on. And Fee said it doesn't seem to be getting any mm. colder in here. And heat rises. So upstairs at night, the last few nights, it's been so hot. And I realized it was just hot air coming through the vents and so I went down and I looked at the thermostat and I played with it and does it need batteries no it doesn't need that and it's just not working so we called um, the AC guy and he came out and he said there's something wrong and he fixed the problem but during that time I was looking at this thermostat and you may have heard about this before but a thermostat by definition is a device that's purpose is to set and maintain a desired temperature and it didn't work and I believe that in this hour, we are, we, God is calling us to be thermostats on the inside of us with that pure delight, with that pure joy, that calm delight, that no matter whether it's freezing cold and rainy outside, or if it's 
hot and sunny and we just we can't get away from the heat that all is well with our soul and it doesn't matter if it what what is going on externally internally all is well with yes. my soul and i believe church that is part of what james is talking about living in calm delight considering it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds because we know that ultimately it produces maturity in us paul says i make it my goal to see every man complete in christ god uh, paul in, in ephesians 4 says the purpose of fivefold ministries is to equip god's people for works of service so that we can come to maturity and so this is a time for the church to rise it's a time for the church to be fully grown it's a time for the church to be mature can i just just stay before i go on to another point just uh and and i know you well and i and i'm sure you know my heart but can i in, encourage us in this time to 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 not be moved by by little things in Acts 20, in the King James, Paul says, I know these things await me, but none of these things move me. Same thing on the inside. There is all is well on the inside. Don't allow yourself to be moved. Can I encourage you as well, don't to, don't, not to argue about silly or stupid things. And I, and I use that word deliberately, stupid, because the Bible does. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 23, Paul is writing as an older man. He's in prison. He's already said, he later says in that, in that book, 2 Timothy, I'm about to die. He says, the time has come for my departure. Mm. And he's writing a letter to Timothy, who's a, a younger pastor. And, and he, he chooses these words. And, and you can read it. There's three lines. And I just want to give them to you. I shared this with leaders. But it says, it says, he says this. He says, Timothy, avoid stupid arguments. Mm. Next line, because you know they produce quarrels. Next line, and a man of God must not quarrel. And, and I want to share that with you because I believe the absence of quarreling is, is another sign of maturity. Um, so often when we want to engage in combat over silly things, over debatable things, it can be a sign of fear in us because all control comes by fear. I have an opinion, I have an opinion. But Paul, who wrote two thirds of the, of the New Testament is saying, shh, don't engage, don't do that, don't quarrel, don't argue. I wanna read another scripture um, and uh, because I've heard this floating around and I just wanna read it. It's in, it's in, um, it's in Romans uh, chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 and verse 1. Paul says, accept, everybody say accept. There's the operative word there. Him who is weak in his faith without passing judgment on disputable matters. Ooh. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Oh, here comes the wind. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not and the man who does not eat everything must not contemn the man that does for God has accepted him and I heard that used recently um, well they're just weaker in their face because they're not joining in the, and I think the from an accurate reading of this whole passage I think if you read it carefully um, the, the the real point that Paul is making is acceptance yeah. <laughs> and the truth is if you think about it we're all weaker in our faith in different areas of our life. We, we, we're not there in our faith. Even disciples said, help us in our lack of faith to Jesus. 
there are things in my life that I just think I'm just not there in my faith. And my wife is. And she's like, let's believe God in faith. I've got faith for that. Honey, I'm going to join you with my faith. Um, so to look down at somebody who say, well, they're just weaker in their faith kind of negates and um, the, the entire point of the whole passage. But I think the passage, the point of the passage is Paul is saying, I want you to accept them. Why? Because God accepts them. And so can I encourage you, church, not to argue about politics, whatever, whatever um, preference your political party is. Don't argue. Don't engage. He who gets involved in another man's argument, Proverbs says, is like grabbing an angry dog by the ears. You're going to get bit. Um, don't engage on social media with, Paul says, stupid arguments. I think the Greek word there is stupid. <laughs> it's stupid don't do it. it it has no profit it only ruins those who listen mm. but and it causes an unsettling rather than a peace but but bring peace and don't argue it's not fitting it's not fitting to argue so uh, the reason i'm only saying those those few things to you today is because we're talking about maturity mm -hmm. joy ends in maturity yeah. and these are some of the hallmarks i believe mm -hmm. of really growing up into god to it, it's sometimes exercising our right to be right mm -hmm. just makes us wrong and it's better to win a person than just to win the argument and i'll go to god on it and say god can you bring me to peace as far as it depends on you live at peace with all men be at peace and that peace that passes understanding that joy that calm delight on the inside will actually end in maturity amen just a couple of other things i just want to say before before we go um and and the second is um is thessalonians let's just read that together first Thessalonians chapter 5 and Paul again writing to the church and he says be joyful yeah. be full of joy be joyful always wow if he said earlier about a command this is a command but in the New Testament here Paul is writing to the church he says be just be mm -hmm. joyful be full of calm delight always yeah. And then he says, pray continually, give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Really interesting. He then says, don't put out the Holy Spirit's fire. Wow, there's a, there, there's a connection there to being joyful always, praying continually, having an attitude of gratitude. Be thankful always in every circumstance. Don't put out the Holy Spirit's fire. In other words, if you will continue to do that, you, will, you won't quench the Spirit. You won't grieve the Spirit. You won't put out the Holy Spirit's fire. But instead, there'll be a stirring and there'll be a maturing. And we will actually, in doing so, fulfill the will of the Lord. Why? Because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Many years ago in Bath, uh, there was a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the mid 90s, and many of you remember it well. And uh, I remember a day when suddenly everybody wasn't rushing to the forum to go and go to the encounter meeting and mm. encounter these at these outpouring meetings. And I said to my mum, I said, "Mum, is there no meeting tonight?" I'll never forget. She said, "No," and I said, "Why?" And she said, um, "Because." There's not a, a, a meeting. I said, why? I, I said, why did, is, is the Holy Spirit not there anymore? And she said, not in the same way. And I said, why? And she said, I, I, don't, I don't think my people, God's people want him 
anymore in the same way that they were. And I don't know why I remember it so well. I can remember where I stood when she said it. And if the Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit, I want to suggest to you, church, it's possible to grieve mm. the Holy Spirit. If the Bible says do not quench the Holy Spirit, do not put out the Holy Spirit's fire, it's possible to do so. And I think arguing is one of the ways that we can do that because it's the opposite to unity. And Psalm 133 says, when we live together in that unity, God commands a blessing. It's a commanded blessing. And therefore, I think it's fair to say the opposite must be true, that if we're not, then he doesn't. And so can I encourage you to do that? Can I encourage you to, uh, to live with clean hands and a pure heart, to, to not engage in silly arguments? Just back away, just say, I'm not gonna do that. And it's hard sometimes when we've got an opinion and we want to be right and we and we think somebody else is wrong but Paul but Paul is saying hey be careful don't judge one another don't but accept one another why because yeah. God does yeah. there's an acceptance and if you remember acceptance always comes mm. before before change and so the first is James chapter 1 second is first Thessalonians uh, chapter 5 this is the God's will for you in Christ Jesus you want to say something funny? Just a couple of things, all the, all those sort of things when we get into any kind of bickering, it just eats away at joy, it's the opposite. And so it just doesn't do anything. And again, I was just thinking when you were saying about joy and maturity, yeah. um, joy is a sign of Christian spiritual maturity. You yeah. can't say you're growing in God and be miserable because you get like the people you spend time with, and if you're spending time in the presence of God, what does the word of God say? It says, in his presence is the fullness of joy. He's the epitome of love and joy. So people that spend yeah. time in his presence, it, it's going to rub off. We yeah. become like him. And um, I was just thinking, when it says about being strong, there's another verse. I just want to read it really quickly. It's 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14. And it says, be alert. Again, be, be alert and on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Your conviction respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, keeping the trust yeah. and holy fervor, yeah. born of faith and a part of it. Act like men and be courageous, grow in strength. Let everything you do be done in love, true yeah. love to God and man, as inspired by God's love for us. Yeah. I commended you at the beginning for really loving each other mm. well through this season yeah. it's awesome to see it and is. really so good. that's how the church is going to overcome in this day <clears throat> that we're loving the world around us so we're considering them that we're caring for them which is why we closed our doors and went online not because we were standing up for our rights but we know that the world don't really understand they don't understand we can't gather <laughs> for ball games we can't gather for concerts or weddings and so why should you gather as the church well it's coming back we can go to mcdonald's though <laughs> Just kidding. But we're showing love for our neighbour by, by considering them more important than ourselves. Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says that. But I just want to say strength is intrinsically linked with joy because the Bible says yeah. in Nehemiah, doesn't Ooh. it, 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. Now, by the end of the summer, these are a bit stronger. This is called the humorous bone. I think that's quite funny that God said that, it's but humorous. different spelling. But uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength, so it stands to reason the opposite is true. But when the Bible talks about strength, it's to do with joy, and it's to do with spending time in His presence, because you get like the people you spend time with. So 
It mm, is a sign of good. spiritual maturity. Uh-huh. I have a hard time when people look like I'm mature, but they're miserable and grumpy. I'm like, who have you been spending time with? <laughs> yeah. Because God's fun. He's the most fun. Yeah. He's the greatest laugh. He is the epitome mm-hmm. of joy. So I just yeah. want to say that. I, I love what Fee just said because if you look at three, let's look at three hallmarks as takeaways before we end today. The first hallmark of joy is maturity. The second, as Fee just said, is strength. Mm-hmm. I think Jonathan Horsfall is going to be speaking on that next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but the joy of the Lord, Nehemiah says, is That's your true. strength. Therefore, the opposite must be true. The sadness of our soul is our weakness, right? So we can't live in a place of just low and depression mm-hmm. and sadness. And um, we're going to pray for that in a minute, just for all of you, that there'll be a fresh encounter of the joy of the Holy Spirit. So number one is maturity. Number two is strength. And the third thing is, and I think this somebody's going to be looking at this is, if they haven't already, is from uh, Psalm 16, verse 11. Um, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And then watch this. It says, and and his right hand is pleasure forevermore. So the third hallmark, the first is maturity. The second is strength. The third is pleasure is in that joy creates pleasure which is what fee's talking about it's like joy in in the in his presence there's fullness of joy fullness of joy and pleasure in his right hand there's pleasure and i but i love that because it's not it's there's that that whole word pleasure we could dig into it but it's not my subject so i'm not going to but but pleasure just living in the pleasure of the Lord, to enjoying God, enjoying life, yeah. enjoying. I, I, I remember just having travel around the world, people who have absolutely nothing, but they found the presence mm-hmm. of God and there's nothing like it. And so often in the Western world, we can get so um, caught up in the comforts of things. And yeah. if you like, almost counterfeit affections and pleasures that we, we forget the pleasure that comes from the joy yeah. that comes from being in his presence yeah. in, in, in Genesis. God says to Cain, he asks him a question. He says, Cain, why is your face so downcast? And then he says, if you do not, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? There's that word again. God wants to accept us. But a downcast soul and just living gloom can be an indication that we've not really been in the presence of God. Yeah. That we've not really allowed to, uh, um, uh, gone through the disciplines of cultivating that calm delight in our spirit that comes from the Holy Spirit. It could be that we, we've lost strength and we've become weak because we've not allowed the joy of the Lord to be our strength. Hallelujah. And there's keys. If you read through these passages, read 1 Thessalonians 5 and read, you know, uh, give thanks in every circumstance. It's not a suggestion. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will. Like, okay, well, we just want to say thank you, Lord. But it's terrible. But God, I just want to say thank you. I, th- I say I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness. And I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm not talking about living in denial. I'm not talking about um, uh, not being real. I, I, not at all. I think I, I shared with the church here in, in uh, last Sunday. There's been times, even this last week, I've just found myself really weepy. I found myself just really like... I, almost ready to burst into tears. I don't know if you've gone through a season like this in this season. Um, but I, I just I, I just want to burst into tears, but I just don't even know why. And over time, you begin to pinpoint uh, triggers or like, it's because of that, like people dying, um, some people losing their life. And, and sometimes even if you didn't even know them, you know the pain that's caused other people. And it just causes a sadness. It causes a grief. But God, but God, but we, there's something beyond that. We ha- we grieve not as those who have no hope. That doesn't mean that we don't grieve. It just means that we grieve 
but at the end of the grief is hope and he who has the most hope has the most influence so even the way that we grieve causes the world to say wow what's that because we have an answer Amen. Church, so we're coming to an end, and um, I hope this has encouraged you. But I just want to read one last scripture um, before we, from Isaiah 61, if you want to turn this. I've taught this in Bath many, many times, and so uh, I, I'm not going to labor it too long, but I'm just going to just skim over a couple of scriptures. But as you're turning there, I just want to say again, um, I believe this is a time for the Holy Spirit to do some deep work in us individually and corporately and don't 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 let's not waste these moments let's not waste this season however you're in lock however long you're in lockdown you know here there's 50 states in america and every state some of them are, are as big as england and so it's like 50 different countries and some states are opening up you know uh, our life church in in uh, st louis is already meeting on sundays and it's celebration for us not so much and uh, we're, we're still not allowed to like you and having to make it put in all of it say God what are you teaching me through this and as we go to the word um, allow God to develop you and shape you and mold you and mature you uh, one of my favorite stories is is the story of a, of a very dignified gentleman who was um, going to, to a place to a place at the end of his life to be awarded I think it was the Nobel Peace Prize or, or something and he was he, after the ceremony he was tired and he was being led by his assistant to the car and as they were going through the double doors um, uh, a younger person just rudely pushed past him and pushed through the glass doors and this older gentleman was knocked off his feet and nearly fell to the ground and his assistant stabled him and steadied him to his feet and he said sir I'm so sorry that was so rude and this elder gentleman looked at him with a smile and he said don't worry I can afford it I love that story because it, it talks about a man who is so full of himself and his identity he really doesn't have anything to lose he doesn't have anything to prove and what it says is someone can take a deposit out of me but I will not be moved I can afford it I've got enough credits in my own soul uh, where I know who I am and I don't have to fight and I just want to encourage you that in that and that may be part of your training part of your your growing I'm not going to engage in stupid arguments I'm just not going to do it um, but I'm going to go for peace I'm not going to um, because they just ruin those or or maybe they're disputable matters and um, but ask yourself the question does does God accept people from a different persuasion than you or a different political party I think clearly the answer is yes so um, love them because God does and he they're his kids and we need to love them too amen I'm gonna finish on Isaiah 61 before the, storm hits. before the storm hits yeah we did this the other day and we were sitting in the Sun and uh, the umbrella hit nearly fell over and uh, yeah uh, <laughs> Isaiah 61 this of course is uh, fulfilled in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus himself reads from this very passage and he says today this is fulfilled in your hearing the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news he's a, he's anointed me to bring good news he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of 
ashes, everybody say, instead of the oil of gladness, instead of mourning, the second instead of, and a garment of praise, instead of a spirit of despair, the third instead of. Verse 7, instead of their shame, there's number 4, my people will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. So number 1, the exchange, instead of what happened on the cross, was beauty for ashes. Number 2 was gladness for sadness. Number 4 was praise for despair. Number 5 is double portion for our shame, and number, sorry, number 4 was double portion for our shame, and number 5 was um, disgrace, um, instead of our disgrace we get an inheritance what a great instead of and, uh, and we're going to pray in just a moment but just to illustrate this and some of you may have heard me talk about this before but um, Fee and I met when I was 20 in Bath and um, we bought our first house well I did, uh, we weren't married at the time uh, on Coronation Avenue uh, for £34,000 I might add and it was an old house and that was the first house that I ever bought for an investment and we fixed it up and uh, used the profits to go to Bible school and then we got engaged and ever since that time um, God has just blessed us in the ability to buy and sell um, property and sell it and the house we live in today uh, you may be able to see a little bit of our back garden but uh, we're under a gazebo right now and that's why we're not getting soaking wet um, but this house um, didn't look anything like it did today we bought it about nine years ago and one of the things that the reasons we bought it was because it had a swimming pool and it's an in-ground pool and um it's great and fee loved it but it was all dilapidated the there was weeds about three feet tall the house had been empty for several years <clears throat> but we decided we would um fix up the pool and so we fixed it up and we did it kind of janky we put you know got the a guy who'd known the pool for like 20 years we found him and he said I remember building this pool back in the day and he was able to fix it using old parts and uh, toward it to, according to our budget and a few years ago I was out of town and I was studying on this whole subject of sonship and as, as you know that's now our second core value the first being worship the son second being sonship um, and that we're no longer sinners, we're no longer slaves, but we are sons and daughters and we're saints because of the finished work of the cross. And it, it was in this season um, of just, I think it was actually back in about 2010, that I was really studying this and I was just getting just messed up by the Father's love and how much he loved us and what happened on the cross. And, and I was thinking about um, mixture. I was thinking about how many things we live where we're, we're kind of like, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. And I was out of town and Fee called one day and she said, the, the pool pump is spraying everywhere. And I said, well, call Jim and he'll come and fix it. And Jim came out and um, he was FaceTiming me. And I said, Jim, Jim, what, what was going on? And he said, well, your exchange valve, I'm going somewhere with a story, your exchange valve is broken. I said, what's wrong with it? He said, it's not seated right. So I said, so what does that mean? He said, well, when the exchange, the exchange valve sits on top of the pump and you turn it, and when you turn it one way, it lets the hot water in. Another way, it lets the cold water in. Another, it lets the cold, the, all the water out. And another one, um, and does something else, drains it or something like that. He goes, but yours is letting in mixture because it won't seat properly and it's letting in mixture. So it's letting in hot water and cold water and dirty water and it's all going everywhere. Mm. 
So I said, okay, uh, anything else? He said, yeah, you're losing power. And I remember thinking, gosh, something happened at the cross that I've just read, these, these, these exchanges, these instead of, something happened when we transitioned from one side of the cross to the other side of the cross, which Isaiah 61 is talking about. There's an instead of, there's a divine exchange that happened at Calvary. And as he's talking to this me, I'm writing them down. When we, when we live in mixture, when we're not seated properly, Ephesians 2 says we're seated with him in heavenly places. When we're not seated properly, we, we lose power. When we're not seated properly, we let in mixture. And so these instead of's are so powerful. He's given us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And church, that's the opposite to the joy that God wants us to live in, in the marvelous kingdom of light. And the kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So can I encourage you? We all just want to pray. Babe, let's pray. Um, we just want to pray for you all this morning. Or if you're listening to this late in the week, or whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're facing, the re- great news about the gospel is Jesus said these words, Tetelestai. It is finished. That word was used as in, in business, Tetelestai. It's paid in full. It was used in the military. It's paid in full. It's finished. The battle has been one. It was used in, in lots of different ways. It was used in a court of law when the judge would bring down the hammer to tell Estai, it's paid in full. And Jesus used those same words to tell Estai, on the cross and he cried out, it is finished. And that's what Isaiah 61 is all about. So we've left that behind. Don't allow mixture in. Don't allow despair in. Don't allow shame in. Don't allow depression in. But don't allow, um, don't allow uh, that the old sinful nature to come in and lie to you. But live clean on the right side of the cross. Live in full power. Amen. So Father, we just thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, in the midst of all of this, even though you did not cause this, you did not cause the coronavirus, we thank you, Lord, today that your promise is that you cause it to work to good, work for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And I thank you for the ecclesia in Bath. I thank you for the church in Bath. I thank you for every single one of us that, Lord, today we would be encouraged by your word, that we would choose joy. We would choose calm delight over all the things, whatever the temperature is on the outside, that all would be well on the inside. That we would be like, instead of we would be thermostats, not thermometers trying to measure everything, but we would be thermostats that thermostats that set and maintain the temperature that you've called us to live in, which is calm delight, which is pure joy, which always ends in maturity, which always ends in strength, and in pleasure. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for what you're doing inside of each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Can't wait to see you all again. Thank you for just being you, for being awesome, for loving God the way you do and pursuing him. You guys are amazing. We We can't wait to see you all again. Love you.